I think it's time for another trade discussion episode because I want to see which players are on borrowed time. We have a lot to discuss in this episode. Buckle up. You're Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. Alrighty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, and also Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. And for today's episode, we're going to be talking about possibly the inevitable. We're going to be talking about a few players that might hear their names pop up in a few trade talk discussions. Now, here's the thing. We're still a ways away from the trade deadline. It doesn't happen until March 21st. But look, January is almost over. We all know that the month of February has the least amount of days out of the 12-month calendar. So that's going to go by fairly quickly. And I don't know about you guys, but as the semester just keeps going on and on for me, and the more fun I have here at college, the faster my time seems to go. So March 21st is going to get here quicker than we know it. And also, it's been a little bit of a struggle for the New Jersey Devils. Now, it's been a few weeks since I've done a trade talk discussion. I think I did it towards the end of 2021. I talked about a few players that might hear their names pop up in a few trade talk discussions. I think the main player that I focused on was Andreas Janssen. I said Janssen is a bit of a wild card player, so maybe it's best to trade him quickly while his value is still somewhat decent because, look, I'm not saying Janssen is a bad player. I admire the fact that he's improving a lot this season, and I admire the fact that he is taking in a complete 360 in terms of just trying to find his fitting with the Devils organization. But let's face it, guys. Is Andreas Janssen really the best player out there? Can we really bank on Janssen doing this next season? And like I said in the last episode, guys, uh, the more recent good game for Andreas Janssen was against the Carolina Hurricanes. Other than that, he's put up mostly uh, nothing but zeros the last few games for the New Jersey Devils. So it's been a while since we've been talking about Andreas Janssen as a focal point of the Devils offense. And I literally said in the last episode, the Devils have to look for players outside of Jesper Bratt, outside of Jack Hughes to get uh, uh, abundant of their scoring from. And they also need to find a finisher because let's face it, we can't just keep relying on Bratt and Hughes because they're on the same line. We can't just keep relying on them and be that top heavy because if you take Bratt and Hughes out the game or if one of them is off, then we're really screwed in terms of scoring. I know Dougie Hamilton is projected to come back uh, sooner rather than later, but still, that's only just one player, and that's on the defensive side of things. So we need to find um, just more options to look for in terms of scoring. Plus, you know, Dougie Hamilton might be on the top pairing alongside with uh, Jack Hughes and Jesper Bratt. So Bratt and Hughes on the forward pair, and then you got Dougie Hamilton and Ryan Graves on the defensive pair. So they'll they'll be out there for the same amount of time. So you know, there's the there's something you also need to consider. But overall, here's my opinion right now about the New Jersey Devils in terms of being sellers. So I think it's going to be a fairly quiet trade deadline for the New Jersey Devils, if I'm being completely honest. This is my way too early trade deadline prediction for the Devils. So right now we're struggling. Let's just uh, speak from a hypothetical standpoint. Let's just say the Devils, uh, we'll, we'll look at both scenarios. We'll look at if they continue to be inconsistent, they continue to struggle. We still hear talks of Lindy Ruff possibly being on the hot seat. You continue to hear me rant on this show I think the Devils will try their best to maybe look for options for some players but the thing is 
they don't have that many options to choose from in terms of just looking for a player to ship off. Because last year we were talking about Travis Zajac and Kyle Palmieri because Kyle Palmieri, and God bless his soul, I think this was the best thing to uh, happen to us. We, we essentially got Chase Stillman in exchange for uh, Kyle Palmieri because we got a draft pick from the New York Islanders. They got Kyle Palmieri. We used that draft pick to pick up Chase Stillman in this past year's NHL draft. So that was actually a blessing in disguise for the Devils. I know a lot of people, including myself at the time, felt like the Devils got robbed, but we got that first-round pick. And also, you know, I get it wasn't the best first-round pick because the Islanders went relatively far in the playoffs, but it had to be done because, look, Kyle Palmieri is struggling right now, and I get that the we have no room to talk about a struggling team, but, you know, the, the Islanders aren't really, you know, lighting the NHL world on fire. So just putting that out there. So getting rid of Kyle Palmieri actually paid dividends for us. It was tough at the time because Kyle Palmieri, you know, played an essential role for a few years for the Devils organization. He was one of our captains and, you know, he, he kind of got off to a slow start last season, but at the same time, it had to be done. Same with Travis Zajac because Travis Zajac, we didn't know if he was going to leave in free agency. We didn't know if he was going to retire. He didn't really put anything out there. So it, it was more of a throw-in kind of thing because Kyle Palmieri and that uh, first round draft pick from the Islanders, that was the centerpiece of the trade. So that kind of got the NHL world talking a little bit. I know my first initial reaction, I was like, we could have gotten much better for at least Kyle Palmieri, like Travis Zajac. Okay. You know, I get it. You know, he's old. Uh, he's pretty much up in the air in terms of if he's going to continue his NHL career or not. But I think it's safe to say the Devils won that trade, quite honestly, because the Islanders signed Kyle Palmieri to a long-term deal, and he's not really uh, proving that he's worth it right now. So uh, in terms of this year's trade deadline, I think it's going to be a fairly quiet year for the Devils. And it's been a good while since we could say that, because remember a few years ago, we had to clear house. We had to get rid of Taylor Hall. We had to get rid of a few other pieces just because it wasn't really working out. And, you know, that didn't really help Jack Hughes' development when he first got here. So uh, this year, I, I, I think despite the devil's struggles, despite uh, what we're going through, I get we're having a little bit of issues at, at the goalie position. I get we've been dealing with a lot of injuries, especially whether it's physical injuries or COVID-related issues. We've been dealing with that uh, sort of thing because, you know, I, I feel like that's also played a factor in our inconsistency this season. But at the same time, I don't think we're to the point where we need to, like, strip everything because who are we going to strip? We're not going to get rid of Jesper Brock. We're not going to get rid of Jack Hughes. We're certainly not going to get rid of Dougie Hamilton because, you know, uh, with the exception of Brock, Hughes and Hamilton are signed long-term. Uh, and I don't even think we're going to even think about getting rid of Mackenzie Blackwood, at least for this season, because it's just too early to tell. So um, I, I looked at an article on Pucks and Pitchforks. As you guys know, uh, I'm a writer for the website, and one of my colleagues released an article saying, like, you know, here are five potential players that could be traded for the New Jersey Devils. Now, here's what he said. He said, the difference between this year and the previous year, there aren't really obvious players that the Devils will want to trade. So, like I said, we don't really have that many options, so I think this is going to be a fairly quiet trade deadline for us. Only four players are unrestricted free agents at the end of the year, and one of them is Gillies. So, I, I said, Gillies is a for now situation. He's not a long-term solution. And, you know, I, I don't anticipate the Devils to re-sign him uh, come the offseason. I think they're going to try to look for other options elsewhere because there's so much that they could do because could they just bring back the tandem of Blackwood and uh, Bernier and just hope for the best? They could, but at the same time, is that the best option? We'll see what happens. I think that's like worst case scenario. And best case scenario, you know, they uh, move Bernier to the third string, they move Blackwood to uh, backup role, and then they get a, a formidable uh, bona fide 
starting goalie. But like I said, that's too far down the line to even think about that. The Devils can't afford to lose any capable goalies at this point. Ain't that the truth? Uh, I, I hope we can get a decent goalie at the trade deadline. That's my number one hope, but I don't think it's going to happen. And that means that Tom Fitzgerald will need to get creative this season to make trades. He does have six restricted free agents that are finished at the end of the season. And while the Devils still have their rights, they might use that as leverage in a deadline deal. Like I said, the deadline is March 21st. So the Devils just have under two months to get these players going and build their value. So, like I said, if the Devils, whether they want to be buyers or sellers, whatever the case might be, you know, you kind of need to get the most of what you could get out of. So, this was courtesy of Nick Villano, a colleague of mine at Pucks and Pitchforks, and I'm going to basically go over parts of his article and, you know... Uh, go over some players that could potentially be tradable assets, but at the same time, it's just like, you know, I'll, I'll provide my opinion as well. So before we dive on in and I give you some players that he uh, put onto his list, I want to give you guys the first live read this morning, and it comes from our friends at betonline.ag. So there might be less football being played, but BetOnline has way more stuff to bet on this season from scored, totals, player performance, props to where the next fire coach is going to land. Uh, they also do that for the NHL. So, you know, if you want to put your money where your mouth is in terms of Lindy Ruff being fired, you might want to head over to Bet Online. It is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And with the new year comes a new de- updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to get started. And it's not just football. Uh, Bet Online's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business from sports. Right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. Please remember to gamble responsibly and visit our friends at Locked On Bets for all your betting needs there as well. So, the second live read comes from our friends at Built Bar, and I need some energy after this week. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easy for you to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which could be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill, you want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring by like week three, you're probably thinking you're this is not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Here's an idea for the new year. Go to your secret stash at home, in the pantry, in the office, in the car, wherever. Throw out all that sugary or calorie-filled treats like your significant other has been nagging you to do and replace them with Built Bars so when you're craving a snack or treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. Even if you're not the biggest fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. And there are so many flavors to choose from. They have coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted, uh, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check out Built.com often to see what's new. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Okay, so let's look at Nick's list in terms of potential players that might be on the move for the New Jersey Devils. I'll give you guys my overall opinion, my overall reaction, and I will say, you know, maybe we should trade this player. Maybe we should keep him. We'll see what happens. But um, I will also provide just snippets of his article just a little bit just to paint you guys a better picture. So let's look at the first player that he listed, which is P.K. Subban. Now, the thing with Subban is that we've been talking about trying to get rid of him for a couple years now. Now, here's the thing, guys. I I said I'm open to bringing P.K. Subban 
back onto this roster just for a much cheaper deal. So I was watching the game uh, last night on ESPN Plus, and I was watching the uh, the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning's broadcast, and they even acknowledged that P.K. Subban might be on the move come the trade deadline. However, there aren't that many teams that want him, and even if he, you know, he he is going to come back and play hockey next season, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. But at the same time, not many teams want him. Not many teams are willing to pay for him. But, you know, still a, a player that you kind of want on your team. Just a little bit. Like I said, former Norris Trophy winner. I would love to have P.K. Subban on my bottom four defense. If I can have a former Norris Trophy winner on my bottom four defense and for a cheap enough price, I'm going to take that seven days a week and twice on Sundays, quite honestly. So Subban still makes occasional mistakes, like Nick acknowledged, but the Devils can make it worthwhile for opposing teams. His $9 million salary is a lot to handle, but the salary is $4.5 million to the, at this point. Then the Devils can handle half of that, so a team really only needs to make $2 million available to deal to work out. So so that's actually uh, well put by Nick. So, like, you know, the main issue is P.K. Subban's salary because, uh, you know, his contract dates back to his Montreal Canadiens playing days when he signed, like, what, an eight-year uh, extension with them. So uh, the $9 million coming into this season was a major concern. But uh, the salary now, since the season is about halfway done, $4.5 million. And remember, the Devils, like Nick said, can pay half of that. So maybe that can be a better uh, sales pitch to maybe a contending team saying, look, you get P.K. Subban, former Norris Trophy winner, and you know, you know what? He, he's not the player that he once was, but would you, wouldn't you want a bottom four uh, player that is a former Norris Trophy winner? I'm just saying. And what could you get out of P.K. Subban? Maybe you could get a prospect. I don't think you're going to get a first-round pick, but, you know, uh, maybe you could get a prospect or, or, or something. Just, you know, like uh, the Utica comments need any more help. But at the same time, you know, I'd be open to negotiating P.K. Subban, quite honestly. Now, here's another thing, and something that I don't quite agree on, and that is Mr. Damon Severson. So um, the thing about what Nick said, he says that um, – uh, Severson is similar to Blake Coleman in the making him available would uh, severely increase his value. It's rare It's rare that the Devils ever trade a player like Severson in the offseason, so it would be uh, the most sense for them to do it right now. Oh, man, Damon Severson trading him? I, I just don't know about that. Like, um, you know, his original contract is six years, $25 million. He's going to come uh, become an unrestricted free agent in 2023. So he still has this season and next year. I just say this. Keep a hold on for Damon Severson. Don't trade him right now. Take the risk. Keep him on your roster right now. And then, you know, come, come next season, come around this time, maybe you put out a few feelers. Maybe that is a bit of a risk because his value will go down just a little bit. But I'm not really open to trading Damon Severson right now because I just don't think it's in the best interest of the New Jersey Devils to just get rid of him right now. It doesn't really make much sense to get rid of Damon Severson because we're not trying to gut the team. We're not trying to sell the team. Per se, we're just trying to maybe get a little bit better for next year, and we're just letting off some of the dead weight that we really don't need right now. So, Damon Severson is one of the leaders of this team, and this season uh, he has appeared in 40 games. He has six goals, 15 assists for a grand total of 21 points. 
and that's pretty good for some of our defensemen because, you know, Jonas Siegenthaler can't really produce much offense, and then we could talk about our bottom four defense all day. But, uh, uh, you know, other than uh, Ryan Graves, uh, Dougie Hamilton, and also Damon Severson, you're not really going to get that much consistent scoring out of our other defensemen. But like I said, for someone like Siegenthaler, not really his job. For Subban, you're going to get what you're going to get. It's it's pretty much a coin flip for, for P.K. Subban. But he's improving, but at the same time, I just don't think Subban is in the long-term plans for the New Jersey Devils. Now, once he's a free agent, once, um, you know, he doesn't really uh, have anywhere else to go, and if we still have a roster spot open, I'd say bring back P.K. Subban, quite honestly. I'm not trying to say, like, P.K. Subban is nothing, but at the same time, you know, what what do you honestly expect from P.K. Subban? 39 games played, two goals, 13 assists for a grand total of 15 points, plus minus is negative one, so it's better than Damon Severson's, but, you know, still, just putting that out there. So I'm not really willing to part ways with Damon Severson quite yet. Now, here's something that's been talked about so often, Pavel Zaka. Now, here's the thing, guys. I'm probably the most patient person when it comes to Pavel Zaka. Like, over the course of the offseason, I was saying, your apology to Pavel Zaka needs to be just as loud as your hate. Here's the thing, guys. Look, he's not going to amount to uh, Connor McDavid. He's not going to amount to Jack Eichel. He's not going to amount to Mitch Marner. He's not even going to amount to Noah Hannafin, and they play two different positions. So, look, what, what you see is what you get out of Pavel Zaka. I get it. Him being in that uh, stacked draft class, it really did it, it did hurt him. But at the same time, it's just like, you know, we, we just got to make do with what we got, which is we got Pavel Zaka. We drafted him, you know, I, I, I think at number six in that draft. So we, we just got to what you see is what you get. And unfortunately, Pavel Zaka right now, he's kind of in a funk. I, I've been talking about Pavel Zaka's clutchness, but I can't even rely on that anymore because, you know, he, he's really put up little to nothing the past few games for the Devils. So. Uh, uh, you know, do you try to trade him right now or do you try to bank on him maybe getting better next season once again? Because here's the thing about Pavel Zaka, guys, uh, and I can't reiterate this enough. I think he has grown tremendously in his few years of being with the Devils organization. Look, I get it. We expect greatness out of Pavel Zaka because of that draft class, but he's not going to amount to that. I'm sorry. So when looking at his overall games played, he's appeared in 39 games. He has 10 goals, 8 assists for a grand total of 18 points. Plus minus negative 15. Um, yeah, yeah. And then the previous year, he was able to notch a career high in uh, goals and points. So he had 17 goals, 18 assists for a grand total of 35 points. And then the season prior to that, he had a career high in assists with 24, giving him uh, 32 total points. So you see the overall improvement in Pavel Zaka. And like I said, you saw the clutchness that he was able to provide. But during the past uh, few games or so, uh, he only has two points in the last five games for the New Jersey Devils. And I believe someone tweeted this out saying that he has three points in the last 12 game appearances. Um, yeah, so not really good for uh, Pavel Zaka right now because, like I said, he's put up mostly nothing but zeros. Like, And sometimes you just forget he's out there. So, like, uh, from December 31st through uh, the, the uh, 19th, He's uh he, he's put up nothing but zeros and his highest plus minus zero. So you just forget that he's out there. And and that's during a stretch in which the New Jersey Devils were winning because we won against Edmonton. We won against Buffalo. We won against the Capitals. We competed with the Islanders. So the, the fact that Pavel Zaka isn't able to assert himself in some of our wins, especially, you know, during that win streak and, and show little to nothing goes to show you that maybe it's time to move uh, away from Pavel Zaka. But the thing is, like, 
what value can you get? I, I just have a terrible feeling. I have a gut-wrenching feeling that the Devils will be a little stingy when it comes to Pavel Zaka. It's probably one of the reasons why he hasn't been dealt away already because I don't know if, if any of you are NBA fans, but if you look at the Ben Simmons uh, scenario for the Philadelphia 76ers, I get it. Ben Simmons is an all-star, and you know they're they're, they're uh, in a a little bit of a different situation, but still same ownership uh, between the Devils and the um, and, and the 76ers. I think the Devils they think that. Pavel Zaka still can become like maybe an all-star or, or something like that because, you know, he's he's still relatively young. Um, he's only 24, so he could still improve. He's going to turn 25 in April, so it's not like he's getting up there with age. He still has a plenty of room to grow. Maybe he's just a late, late, late bloomer. So um, I, I feel like they're going to be a little stingy when it comes to Pavel Zaka, but we'll see. Um, I, I still think the devil sees something out of him, but trading him at the trade deadline, it, it, that might be the best, um, that might be the best option, quite honestly. So for the final segment of the show, I'm going to reiterate my opinion. I'm also going to go over just a couple more players that appear and quite honestly, like I said, might be in the best interest for the devils to get rid of. Uh, so first you got Jimmy VC. Uh, Jimmy VC. The thing about him is that he was originally signed to a PTO deal, and uh, he has definitely turned some heads for the Devils. And then Thomas Tatar. And the thing is, uh, I, I don't think Tatar is a top six player that I thought he was uh, capable of doing. Remember, he led the Montreal Canadiens in scoring just a few years ago. But I, I, it looks like Thomas Tatar can't even help himself at this point. So Jimmy VC and Thomas Tatar. If I had to choose uh, of all the players from this article, most likely to be dealt at the trade deadline. It would most likely be Jimmy VC and then Thomas Tatar because Jimmy VC, it's a low risk kind of deal. Originally signed to a PTO deal, so we didn't really have that much expectations for him. In fact, I didn't even think he had a chance to make the team, but he was able to just create a lot of turnovers for the Devils. And overall, um, you know, he, he he's definitely made his impact, especially um, ju- the same kind of impact that we get from like Mikey McLeod and also Nathan Bastion, which is we just want someone who works hard and just uh, provides that spark for us. And I think Jimmy VC has done that. And then Thomas Tatar, uh, we've tried. We've put him in the top six. We put him in the bottom six. It just, you know, he's had his moments, but nothing to write home about. So I, I think Thomas Tatar, uh, that would be my next pick in terms of someone to be dealt with. But we still have plenty of time. I don't want to, like, you know, go over potential players that the Devils could get because, like I said, at this point, we are not uh, buyers. We are sellers. Well, you know, somewhat sellers. Like, we're not, like, get rid of everyone, got the team kind of sellers. We're just like, hey, we have a few players available. Just come and pick them up. First come, first serve kind of thing. So I don't think we're in a situation where we need to gut the team. But, um, yeah, that's my overall opinion. That's my way too early uh, trade deadline talk in terms of players that could potentially be shown the door for the Devils organization. So let me know what you guys think. Which player do you think uh, is on borrowed time for the Devils? Like, which player do you think has the best chance of being dealt at the trade deadline? And what would you like to see out of that player? Because of all the players I listed, I think the only player that could get us a first-round draft pick is most likely Damon Severson, maybe Pavel Zaka, depending on the team. That That's my opinion because, like I said, maybe you can rely on the growth of Pavel Zaka. Maybe he just needs a new change of scenery, wherever the case might be. But I, if I had to pick uh, the uh, the players to get us first-round picks, I believe it would be Damon Severson, 
and Pavel Zaka. So let me know what you guys think. I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Uh, which players do you think are on borrowed time? Which players do you think we should deal away? Which players do you think we should keep? And I'm curious to hear your guys' responses. So as for today's episode, that's all the time I have for you. Thanks for listening. Continue to stay safe and have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I will catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening.